morning and welcome to our Daily Word Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, talk about it. And actually today is going to be a little bit more technical as we've been talking about the subject of creation evolution. And some people ask me when I'm on campus, Tom, do you even believe in science? And although I think that's a pretty silly question, it does deserve an answer. And and stay. make sure you're with me to the end today because we're going to talk about not only what do we believe, but we're going to talk about how the very definition of science has been manipulated and changed throughout time so that sometimes when we even use that term, we're not talking about the same thing with one another. But I'd like to, we, we've been two weeks in this series of creation and evolution. I've been giving the biblical basis some of the problems we have with the evolutionary idea. And this morning, I'd like to just talk a little bit about what are some things that the Bible does say about our origins and about the natural world that we can uh, look for. It was predicted, it was stated, and we can see if, in fact, this is what's actually happening. Let's jump into it. A lot of it's kind of complex. And by the way, all of this is found... All the information I'm sharing today is also found in my daily email. If you don't get that, go to my website, tomthepreacher.com, and subscribe. Typically, the things that I share I share here in this Daily Word and Prayer, I go into more detail here, and I share verbally and so forth, but the basic information, the, the skeleton of it's often included in my daily email, and you can, if so, there's a lot of information today, and you'll get it all there. If you're just subscribing today, also drop me an email and I'll send you a copy of last, of yesterday's because that's what we post. You ready? Here we go. What are some things Christians do believe? Number one, we believe in the law of biogenesis, that life begets life. Life reproduces life. Life comes from life. The biblical basis is found in Genesis 1, where God tells us over and over again that after he created, that everything reproduced after its own kind. Life is not spontaneously generating. Life does not just come from inorganic material. It only comes from previous life. And of course, we believe that the first life was God himself. God is a living God, and God created. But after the creation event, which was unique, doesn't happen again. After the creation event, life only comes from the life that God has already created. What are some questions that we would ask an evolutionist? And, and for instance, do they believe in science? Number one, how do you believe inorganic material came alive? See, basically that's what, and, and true, I might add that technically this law of biogenesis doesn't technically relate to the area of evolution. But remember, what we're talking about today is two worldviews. One is the creation worldview, that it happens as the Bible said, and the other is the evolutionary worldview that basically doesn't happen as the Bible said, then that does, if they're talking about everything happens naturally without a God event, a creative event, that does require somehow life coming to be. So understand today when I'm using the term evolution, and typically when people use it, technically to be precise, it only relates to how life changes already. But practically as it's used in, in modern terminology, including in the world of the scientific world, it usually refers to the whole understanding of life coming about without, uh, with, without the, the necessity of God. So the question, how do you believe inorganic material came alive? How did it happen? Has, second, do we ever know of this happening before? Has it ever been observed? 
This is an important aspect of when we talk about science, because we believe science ought to be observed and testable. And, and so often what is in this evolutionary idea, there's a great deal of it that is speculative, a, an incredible. Now, to be fair, they have reasons for it, but likewise, we do as well for what we believe. And that's the, the falseness here is they, they often feel they have great room to extrapolate, to speculate, to come up with all kinds of ideas of things that haven't ever actually been seen or observed and call it science. And we don't have that because we talk about God. I often, you know, I have a video out on, on, on Instagram where I, I talk to a professor and um, it's a little skit I have, and in which I, he, they say they believe in science, we only believe in God. I say, well, show me. Show me evolution. And his response is, well, show me God. And I say, well, we already admit that as Christians, we have faith in a God we can't see. But you say you believe in, evo- in science. Science ought to be observable. And, uh, and, and he says, well, evolution happens so slow you can't actually see it. To which I say, I admire his faith. Let me tell you, friends, this has not, the evolution has not been observed in the way they're promoting to us, in the way they're telling us it happens. They extrapolate out greatly. Next question, or next point, we believe in the law of genetics. Again, I would use the exact same verses from Genesis about life reproducing after its own kind. Plants would reproduce after its own kind. Trees after their own kind. Birds after their own kind. Fish after their own kind. Mammals after their own kind. Humans after our own kind. All of us reproduce after our own kind. We don't produce something other than we are. And now this is, obviously, we see this every day. Billions of times every day, organisms reproduce, and they're always reproducing after their own kind. Evolution tells us that given that little changes of microevolution, little small changes multiplied over time and millions and millions of years equals big changes. And again, we would just simply say that's not been observed. That's speculation. You're extrapolating in ways that, that we believe aren't truly scientific. They enter into the area of speculation. Questions for the evolutionists. Do you know of any living organisms that do not come from the same kind? Now, they have all, in their textbooks, they have all kinds of evidence, of examples of this, but we don't know that. It's speculation. It's never been observed. And in fact, as we, they would admit, it can't be observed. It happens over such long periods of time, so slowly, it can't actually be observed. Secondly, how many examples can you cite where mutations added beneficial genetic information to the offspring? We'll talk about this in a moment, but this is very, very important. Evolution would require that you go from a simple to a complex organism that requires genetic information. For instance, if, if the first life was some simple cell and now we have us, you'd have to add genetic information that codes for our brain, our heart, our blood, our nervous system, our circulatory system, our uh, male, female, our vertebrae, all of these things that we just say, we don't buy it. We don't buy it. It, it, it just, there just isn't a process to add that much information. We're talking about an, an immense amount, immense amount of information. We've covered this in previous videos, so I won't go into it further here. Check out the video where we sit, where the amazing you created by an amazing engineer. Okay. The third that I'd say, com- just all the complex laws governing physics, chemistry, and biology. Where did they come from? We believe that 
that by God all things were created, and by him all things hold together. We find this in Colossians chapter 1, actually speaking about our Lord Jesus Christ. By him all things were created. We believe that the laws that govern the natural universe were created by God. We don't deny that they exist. We believe there are laws of physics, laws of chemistry. In fact, because there is a God that who created these laws, these are not, they don't, they don't just happen. They are, they can be observed, they can be trusted, they can be uh they can be examined because they follow laws. They're not just random. Questions for the evolutionists. Can you point to anything with complex and functional design that we know came about by chance? It's really important because we believe that these laws of the universe are so complex and so functional. They they serve a purpose. And 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 where we see them operating, see them working, they they they're so precise, so exact, so trustworthy, you can count on them. That we say it points to there's got to be something stable in our universe. Some where do these natural laws come from? Who is the lawgiver? Did they just happen? We don't believe so. That would say be like saying chaos plus time equals order. That those that believe that out of the the out of the, a big bang was chaos, but all kinds of order came out of it. We don't believe that. We believe that the the order of our universe shows there, and the information in our universe shows there's an intelligent mind behind it all. Next would be the first law of thermodynamics, and that's this: matters being neither created nor destroyed. There's nothing new being created, and it's not being destroyed. It's just changing form, which we call entropy, which we'll see in just a second. The biblical basis, Genesis 2.1, and the heavens and the earth were completed. God finished his creation. There was a creation event, but it's not continuing. God's creation is over. It's finished. It's not continuing to happen. Questions for the evolutions. Do you believe that there was a beginning of the universe? If so, did matter exist before the universe began? And if not, where did that matter come from? See, we do believe there was a beginning of the universe. We don't believe it as eternal. We don't believe the matter here is eternal. That would, that would violate uh, the first law. If there is no God and everything that would require that matter is eternal, but the second law, which we'll see here now, would require that would have run down to, to zero energy, shall we say, or zero to, total entropy, 100% entropy, because the second law of thermodynamics says this that entropy is increasing. All things gradually decline to disorder. The basis of this is God's curse on the earth. Genesis chapter 3, he cursed the earth. Everything is dying. Everything will die. Will die. Plants will die. Everything, and this is basically, in theological terms, the second law of thermodynamics. Questions for the evolutionists. Evolution teaches a progression from simple to complex. But both observation and the laws of thermodynamics indicate that everything is becoming more disordered. How do you explain this discrepancy? Of course, the only way things can become more ordered is if you put intelligent mind behind it. You can take a pile of scrap metal and you can build a building out of it, but only if you have an intelligent mind behind it. It doesn't happen naturally. Naturally, a beautiful building will deteriorate with an intelligent mind behind it, putting the proper thought, intelligent information into it, you can take scrap metal and build a building. You see how that works. 
that we feel would would extrapolate out, we would see how that would relate to the universe needs a builder, a creator, an intelligent designer. We call him God. Second, genetic entropy indicates that the gene is also deteriorating and breaking down similarly to what is happening in the physical world. How do you how can evolution be possible in light of genetic entropy? The gene is breaking down. Mutations, if mutations are, means our genes are not replicating exactly as they should. And these mutations, they're what causes cancer. That's what causes disease. They're what causes death. They're what causes birth defects. They're, these, these are what happening. The whole thought in evolution is that mutations can add information or that would make it more likely to survive. They're a positive thing that would come upon you. And indeed, we know better than that. Well, there's one other thing I want us to talk about here in our brief minutes, and that is how the definite, when people say, do you even believe in science, how the definition of science has changed. Today, if you, if I go to, if you just Google science definition, it'll say the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Well, we can work with that definition, but it sure has changed over the years. I like to go back to the Webster 1828 dictionary and see what they said, say about different words. And it says this, in a general sense, here's how he defined science almost 200 years ago. In a general sense, knowledge or certain knowledge, the comprehension or understanding of truth or facts by the mind. So, so and, and then he has an example, the science of God must be perfect. Now, it's really interesting. The modern definition talks about the observing and testing and knowing the truth about the natural world. The Webster Dictionary simply talks about the truth, knowing the truth. It doesn't add in the, the natural world, but rather simply the truth, and it says the science of God must be perfect. What do we call the science of God? It was once known as the queen of all sciences. The science of God we call theology. Theology is indeed and should be considered a science, the study of God, the knowledge of God. Indeed, it would be the highest and greatest and most beautiful of all sciences is to know and study and understand the creator. For from God comes life, biology. From God comes the earth, geology. From God comes the the heavens, astronomy. From God come all forms, all life, all that we would study of the natural world comes from God. And the one who holds it all together is God. And thus theology, the study of God, would be the greatest, most perfect, most beautiful of all sciences. Do we creationists believe in science? You bet we do. And we'd say the greatest science of all is the study of the creator. It's one thing to study the creation. You can learn a lot about the creation, and, and there's a much to learn here, and it's a, it's a beautiful field of study and an important field of study, but an even greater field is to study the Creator, theology, to know Him, the queen of all sciences, to know the Lord, theology. Amen? Father in heaven, we bless you today, and we worship you. You're the one who created all that is seen and unseen. By you, it all is, it's all held together. And the, the, the big principles, the big aspects of, of life and understanding and knowledge, they're found in the Scripture, in the Word of God. You gave it to us. Lord, this was written back at a time when, 
when when people claim it was the Bronze Age goat herders, they call these people, and yet they gave us such brilliant understanding of, of what scientists have only discovered in the last few hundred years. We thank you and we bless you for the word of God. It reveals to us the creator of all. We worship you as the creator. We worship you as the God of heaven and earth. Everything you made, everything that is made was made by you, and we worship you, and we thank you that we can know you, and we can love you, and we can experience you. We thank you that even though theology is the study of God, we can do more than study you. We can know you. We can have relationship with you. Indeed, we can love you even as you have loved us. We thank you, and we bless you, and we worship you. Thank you for the insights you've given us. Thank you that you've opened our eyes. Oh, Lord, we pray for so many people we know whose eyes are they're closed to the bigger truth and the spiritual realities, and all they see is what they can, all, all they believe is what they can see in their eyes and touch with their hands. And, and Lord, they're, they're, they, they need to get out of this box. They need to expand their thinking, expand their understanding to the true humanity, that they are a human being made in the image of God, able to worship him who's unseen and to know and experience the unseen God. And we bless you. We love you. We pray for our friends. We pray we would walk today in greater and greater knowledge of of the holy God who saved us through Jesus Christ. We bless you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks so much for being along with me today. I love sharing the Word of God. I love talking about how it relates to life. Today is a lot more technical than normal. If this is your first time, we welcome you. We usually just stick more into the Bible. But we're talking about creation and evolution, and this is important because to understand who we came, where we came from and who we are really relates to how we live our life. And so I want to encourage you, go back over the last two weeks as we've been talking about this series, and there's so much good information on this on the Internet, so much false information too. Even if you ask people the questions I said today, they'll, some of them will come back with answers and we need to know how to, to go further with them. So this is a worthwhile field of study. And I'll tell you, we have nothing to be afraid of here, nothing to be ashamed of. We have the truth when it comes to origins. So th- those of you who are with me here today, just join us for the first time. Thank you, welcome. I hope you join us again. Hit the subscribe, notify, leave a comment, like the video, share with your friends. And those of you here every day, I love you guys. So glad to be sowing the seed of God's word on good soil. And I know it's making a difference in your life. So God bless you. I love you all. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow when we're here live. Or you, know, you listen later in the day. Or indeed, you can listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.